hope you're doing fantastic and are safe amidst the ongoing situation. Moreover, I believe you're enjoying your coffee. This is your host Shobhita Agrawal and I welcome you with the very first episode. We have Mr. Akarsha with us who is primarily a data scientist but also a fifth generation coffee grower in their real Agurike state and now have been roasting as well under the name Mountain Bean. So just brew a cup of coffee, sit, sip and listen. Okay, great. Uh, well, thank you, Shobit, for uh, initiating this conversation and having opened this uh, uh, slot for us to talk over coffee and what we do and uh, to explore mutually. And uh, if you want uh, me to tell about myself, well, uh, I'm a fifth generation coffee grower in my family. Uh, I have been born and brought up in my plantation. We are basically from uh, Chikmagalur. Okay. So we live in an estate which is about uh, 20 kilometers from Chikmagalur. Uh, probably, I think, uh, most of my life I have spent on my plantation. So including during my uh, you know, schooling time and, you know, <laughs> except for a few years when I went out for my studies. So otherwise, mostly associated with coffee. And uh, all that I remember growing up is coffee plantation, drying yard, home, pulping unit, <laughs> working, associating with people who work in the estate. So that's how uh, uh, my background has been since my childhood uh, till I probably graduated. I graduated in agricultural sciences mm-hmm. and uh, I have a specialization in agricultural economics and development. Uh, I did my master's in Europe. After my master's, I came back to India and then uh, started working in uh, different uh, verticals. I worked in the university. I work with an NGO. I am uh, working as a data scientist right now, uh, as well as I still uh, have a full-time association with my coffee plantation. I still manage my coffee plantation full-time. So, and uh, we have been growing coffee for last uh, almost 130 years uh, within my family itself. Uh, if you ask for the evidence of 130 years, I have a coffee sale bill of mid 1890s, which my great great grandfather <laughs> got from uh, on his name from a trader in Mangalore. Okay, mm-hmm. so the trader's name is Nicholas Bitro and uh, Brito and Sons. <laughs> so they have issued a coffee sale bill of mid 1890s. So I still have that with me. So <laughs> that's an evidence to say what that you know, we still have been growing coffee at the time. <laughs> yeah, very, very precious. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, in terms of coffee growing, yeah, that's the background. And uh, yes, if you talk about Mountain Bean, uh, Mountain Bean is my uh, estate brand of coffee. Uh, which we recently launched in 2009, uh, yeah, 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have been thinking about it for some time, but uh, gave it a launch in 2019. Uh, we thought, you know, whatever uh, we grow, it's not only mountain bean, does not represent only my individual thing. 
going forward it should be the representation of a farmer's brand so right. that's the idea behind it so to begin with it should start with us so at least you know when we uh, put it out uh, with our own estate produce and then experiment and learn so then you know there is also scope to get on others and then you know extend the farm based uh, brand to the consumers who want to really enjoy good coffee right from farm to cup uh, model so that's the basis of uh, mountain bean and i am one of the co-founders of it and uh, here we are talking about it further that's amazing actually it's uh, really nice to see that you have the whole holistic uh, experience since your childhood and you just been into yeah. coffee like since day 1 Uh, so I guess it counts for a lot of experience and expertise. Right. That, uh, when you say day one, actually, when you say day one, I, I was born in my plantation. Not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in my plantation home. <laughs> oh wow! That that's something else. Then that's on the next level. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um. like uh, you said that you were you were thinking about mountain bean for so long and then you finally launched and you're also doing a full time job as a data scientist correct so how are you kind of managing with is, yeah. is it also because uh, uh, so so with that do you plan on uh, you know going full fledgedly a full time in coffee and uh, give, uh, give up data scientist job after a while uh See, full time in coffee. I think I have been full time in coffee all my life. <laughs> so to say that, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's that you know uh, probably we have learned the skill of uh, you know managing the plantation on farm, off farm, both the way, both the ways. And uh, whatever time I have, I do spend uh, in my estate. Whatever you know time I get as a. uh beyond my work schedule whatever i exactly. find it you know it's done there and it's a family run thing it's not a one man show kind of thing so i have my family which also supports me very well you know when it comes to estate management or managing mountain bean or anything for example mountain bean uh, is actually run by my wife and plantation is fully taken care by my mother so we oh. have two strong women behind uh, the brand <laughs> one on the field and one uh, with the brand so that way i think you know also my brother also associates with my uh, mm-hmm. plantation work you know whenever he can so it's run as a team not as one person show mm-hmm. so that way you know it gives you a lot of scope to do what you are doing also to pursue you know uh, what is in the interest of the family as well as with the business that actually makes sense and uh, as you are one of the one of the very few estate owners that i know who are uh, growing for such a long time and also roasting now so it's right. all in one at the same place and i guess right. it uh, counts uh, for a lot of uh, how can i say quality check quality control in terms of both roasting and growing on the both ends and then you yourself right. Uh, then deliver to the customers who buy from you so right that's actually uh where i think uh, yeah i think you're one of the only people who do that that i know of um and there might be many right. but that i know of yeah right yeah there are few people who do it so but yeah but it's challenging to 
connect with all the you know links within the supply chain uh, that's why you know it takes a lot of time you know just launching a brand is not a you know a joke or you know it's okay. not a very simple thing so you need to fix the places appropriately and make sure that things work well so that way uh, it needs a lot of planning because they are time demanding and you know you cannot compromise at any stage uh, ensure that things run smoothly right from sowing your uh, seeds in your nursery till planting in your estate harvesting and post harvest processing cleaning roasting packaging and then delivering it up on orders so everywhere you know it's a lot of demanding thing so uh, yes so take one thing at a time don't rush so that's that's what you know i try to do uh, i mean uh, uh, ultimately you know you'll have to be satisfied with every stage of work that you do just having a brand for the sake of brand is not uh, the right thing to do and it is possible for farmers to do this also is what i wanted to test and uh, what i am trying to do as well and it comes with a lot of effort not very easy for every farmer to do it so mm. because for many farmers you know i mean we have uh, what in uh, uh, karnataka we have about 80000 coffee growers basically uh, and uh, almost 80 to 90% of them are small and marginal coffee growers okay right so and it's not very easy for a very common or uh, a small or marginal coffee grower to come out and launch his brand and then you know uh, take off the coffee at the national and international it's very very difficult you know so but if one farmer can open a window and eventually if there is a scope you know definitely associate with other farmers as well who deserve to be onboarded and then you know take it forward so that's the idea behind it and it's a lot of learning process for me i mean uh, at least you know yeah being a grower itself is a big learning process and then now academically also being into agriculture helps me but that doesn't uh, probably reach of uh, uh, getting into the brand right taking your produce from your farm to the customers it's a big challenge so different steps associated with it you need to come up with a logo a branding content a package design a roast profile uh, and your target uh, customers and then the compliance issues your company registrations your legal compliance so your uh, you know taxes and other things it's a whole lot of thing not everybody can do everything so it's a very challenging thing to launch a brand and if you are a full time businessman it's a different story because you don't bother about other things mm-hmm. but as a farmer if you want to do it that's a lot more challenging because you are looking at the production process as well as uh, both forward and backward integration once you know the produce is in your bag right so right. that's the challenging aspect of it is that also the reason why most of the estates that i've at least come across or there you know the most famous one or whoever the growers plantation people are there in india right now especially in chikmagalur most of those estates are perhaps at least third generation owned or third generation farmers is that also the reason why because it's so difficult and it takes so long for the process to happen yes i mean in terms of uh, uh, most of the estates yes uh, 
I'll tell you one thing. It's not very easy to pick up uh, the coffee estate management and then the uh, aspect of you know taking forward full time on your own. You have mm-hmm. to learn through the. It's like a relay. One person is running in your family, and you got to be ready and pick up the stick and then you know run further, right? It's like a relay. It's oh, not a sprint. Yeah, yeah. True, true. And to understand the nitty gritties of the entire. coffee plantation management growing and other thing it takes about 10 to 15 years if you are full time associated with that right so uh, so many things associated with the management and then uh, like you said having associated with that then you have the confidence that yes you can have a brand of your own and you know what capabilities you need to strengthen and what is required for the market so that way you know now we are seeing some estates you know coming up with their own brand which is very very encouraging mm-hmm. that's the new trend and uh, good for the coffee growers because uh, they are weaning away from their dependence on the international markets international markets have not been very favorable for coffee growers uh, for whatsoever reasons because india depends a lot on international market we are not the price dictators in the market we yeah. are the uh, price followers right mm-hmm. so we cannot set the international price international prices are set by countries like brazil colombia vietnam so their volume of production depend uh, determines the international price we are only market followers not the market leaders so having said that irrespective of whether you are uh plantation is remunerative or not so you'll have to accept the price that is set by the international market with this uh some of the plantations coming out with their own brands and then you know also doing some interesting things in coffee uh, like post harvest uh, you know processing and other things mm-hmm. so that kind of help them to market their produce in the niche market in the specialty market as well as Uh, now the opening up of uh, the coffee uh, you know culture in india so that also enables them to uh, sell it locally in their own uh, you know channels so that's kind of an alternative for the price uh, which is not very strong in the international market yeah i understand your point so um uh, in continuation to that um actually i had a question that i forgot it was uh, connected to that oh yes um what i've heard and what i know from the statistics that may, most of the coffee that's grown in chikmagalur kurg um they is uh, it's been exported to europe or other countries majority of it and not much is left for india itself but looking right. at the contrast with tea tea started much after almost a century after the first coffee estate in india started in chikmagalur so why is that the right. this trend is so complex that tea has gone up so high up of course with the incoming of the britishers and then they taking it back to england and whatever but coffee being right. uh, um just uh, for a while until recent years just in south india and not much of in north india as well that trend is also changing okay. now only that i see so um right. why is that that there is a history a, a good amount of history historical gap and still most of the coffee has been exported uh, to europe despite the fact that we have colombian and other uh, coffee that are much uh, higher on the volume level as you just mentioned as well okay 
see on the coffee and the tea aspect basically these two commodities you know if we talk in terms of business terms these are all these both are probably competing commodities Mm-hmm. these two fall under the you know beverages of daily consumption or whatever so the larger class of people in india so probably they started having tea probably because few reasons because uh, maybe its availability was easy and the way to make a tea was a lot more simpler than way of making coffee mm-hmm. and uh, tea estates were already present in south india as well as in north india right which made it easier for people to access produce from their own regions whereas you know if you look at coffee coffee though coffee was introduced in india uh, in say they say 15th century 16th century whatever uh, but the large scale cultivation was not done till very recently oh okay it was introduced much earlier but the commercial cultivation was not there commercial cultivation my guess is uh, it started only in like uh mid 1800s probably so that's when you know we have the evidences of these uh, british estates or you know very old indian estates coming or probably early 1800 not before that you know we don't have many evidences of any of the coffee estates which are uh, present in any of our areas here right so probably chikmagalur hasan and kurg districts these are the primary three coffee growing districts in karnataka at least here we don't have many evidences of coffee estates much before 1800s mm-hmm. no uh so that way i think then the expansion of coffee acreage itself was very limited so and the coffee drinking culture got concentrated only within these belts where it was grown grown not to the yeah it probably never traveled to the north because probably nobody grew coffee there unlike tea which was grown in assam or uh, west bengal or many mm-hmm. of those uh, uh, you know states right Right, right. the accessibility came from those states and south india as well you know there was uh, tamil nadu kerala which was uh, growing tea so probably south india also some parts of south india started having that one and then the cost at which probably both were accessible right tea is lot more uh, affordable than coffee in the uh, common market you know if you look at i'm not talking about the niche uh, the rich class and that creamy layer of the market yeah, yeah. we have a very large you know middle class uh, you know upper middle class and the lower middle class people who also drink coffee or tea when it comes to cost tea is a lot more cheaper and easy to make it so that way probably they would prefer tea over coffee right so even you know many people i talk over here i mean even in bangalore i ask them how do you make coffee i said coffee sir directly i i make they say <laughs> i mean they don't even know probably i mean i don't say that you know uh, they are uh, i mean i, I have uh, you know nothing against them so but mm-hmm. that's been the culture but you know if you ask them tea they say yes we boil the tea in the milk and then you know strain it and then make it they say it very easily mm-hmm. but when you when we ask them you know how how do you make coffee they run into confusion to a lot of people still you know they think instant coffee is the coffee correct yeah makes yes yes the knowledge of coffee has been very limited and also probably one of the reasons that i think uh, you know which has contributed to this was uh, there has not been much effort on marketing this coffee how it has to be consumed and you know why is it good or bad or whatever so probably uh, you know in the ages you know when coffee was started peaking in india so that effort was probably not done so what 
happened ultimately was we ended up producing a lot more than what we consume in india ah uh, makes sense okay that volume surplus started happening so obviously the market was the international market mm-hmm. even today whatever volume we produce we don't consume a lot of it in india we are still on the excess part of our demand even you know if you produce 100 kgs only about 20 to 25 kgs or 30 kgs are consumed in india it's about mm-hmm. 30% is what we consume and still 70% has to go out if it doesn't go out so there is no point in growing coffee in india so fair point that yeah. way i think uh, we, we we don't have a large consumer base to consume all the coffee that is grown in india mm-hmm. so obviously we went up uh, end up uh, exporting it so that way i think uh, several factors have contributed to that probably not only we cannot single out one factor uh, and uh, we cannot grow coffee everywhere probably unlike uh, uh, you know mm-hmm. the expanse of tea that is already present and probably we could have grown coffee in places where tea is grown but since it's a plantation crop the switchover is not possible as easily mm-hmm. as the field crops right so it's already an established plantation for 20 30 50 years and now if you want to switch over from tea to coffee it's definitely not possible so not feasible as well yeah yeah makes sense makes sense so um uh, with that said do you think that the coffee drinking demand or you know the capacity that india might have in the future say in the next 10 years maybe because i do see a lot of people now you know uh, thinking about coffee and you know trying different coffees now at least in my circle um which right. obviously is uh, uh, i i know shy from it it uh, we do belong from a privileged uh, uh, circle every one of us but that right. being said also um there is still a uh, in- increment that i see that is there in the consumption but do you think in the next 10 years there could be such an increment that uh, we might not have to depend so much on you know just the exports and we might profit on the internal uh, consumption too uh my personal take on this matter is that we will still continue to depend on international markets mm-hmm. unless we reach a stage where we consume 80% of whatever we grow within india that's a big right so if we have to reach that stage of 70 80% of internal internal consumption we'll have to hit the markets of uh central india north india west india so mm-hmm. uh southeast india or wherever it is you know we'll have to hit all the markets and then wipe out tea and then substitute tea over coffee which is which i don't see happening right <laughs> which won't happen yes so that is point number 1 that is that is the, yes that is the commercial segment of coffee right and the other part of the privileged segment of coffee that you mentioned about uh, see there are signs of uh you know people who do consume uh, you know good quality coffee which is like the specialty coffee right. and the people who come who have the privilege of accessing it right and uh, what i feel is this segment of uh, coffee consumers is going to be you know limited mm-hmm. you know maybe uh, if you ask me in 2015 probably across india there might have been like 1000 people who knew about specialty coffee okay right okay yeah and today probably you know if you ask you know it might have gone up to like say 10000 people who know about specialty coffee and who drink specialty coffee 
right and mm-hmm. if you look at the social networks they are all in the same network you go to any instagram page they are all there if you go to any whatsapp yes, groups they are yes. all there right yes, yes. We, we almost know one another there right yeah. it's like that it's happening to and, me now i've been seeing many people many calm people in every group every page absolutely absolutely so but yes so that sign of people being aware of specialty coffee is a very good thing but what volume of coffee can that get you know absorbed mm-hmm. within that community is a question right so out of 1000 tons of coffee that's grown and for an example so uh, how much of volume of coffee can be consumed in the specialty segment yes. so maybe so some volume does get consumed but if you ask me say in 10 years will we stop depending on international markets and sell everything within india i don't see that happening yeah yeah that's what not exactly completely stop but at least some percentage of uh, yes. you know uh, but there will be encouraging numbers of specialty coffee consumers mm-hmm. in india for sure okay which will be uh, good for indian coffee market okay because we have to appreciate our produce first right okay. and then there is scope for coffee growers who are not producing specialty coffee to follow the trend and also start producing specialty coffee mm-hmm. which might probably help the coffee growers in bringing in incremental incomes by converting part of their coffees into specialty coffees not all the coffee that is grown can be done as a specialty coffee but yes some proportion of the coffee which is grown say like 20% can be converted into speciality and that can bring in incremental revenues to the growers so that's a possibility which we all can uh, look forward to in like say next 5 to 10 years like for example you know i was never doing speciality coffee in mm-hmm. 2016 or 17 but now i have started doing so that way there may we may see a switch over of growers trying to Uh, bring in more of specialty coffees to the market and maybe in next two to three years you might have more options more estates bringing mm-hmm. it out of course yeah that's what uh, my next question was going to be about the final one that uh, as a topic of specialty coffee came up uh, and uh, i just saw an instagram post right. i think we talked about also that you started with honey sun dried and washed uh, coffees that you have right now so what do right. you have in mind for mountain right. bean or collectively as a team for mountain bean um what kind of processes or you know do you see uh, having like four five more options in the mountain bean portfolio in next few years maybe yeah uh, see washed coffee is something which we have been doing and it is uh, nothing new only mm-hmm. thing is in terms of uh, you know uh, the timing the fermentation the washing process uh, that's being streamlined and then the washed coffee gets into the specialty segment that's always washed coffee has always been there so it's always been an incredible coffee for us so that is going to be there and yes we are trying to do with the honey sun dried as some proportion of our coffees which is definitely an addition to what we have been doing earlier so in addition to that uh, we do have uh, naturals earlier the way naturals were done were completely different now mm-hmm. understanding the specialty coffee segment the way the naturals are being done is streamlined and then you know that's going to be an addition to it and uh, yes it's fancy to have a lot of different uh, processes of coffee to be added to the basket but it it comes with a lot of challenges in the field as well 
uh, how effectively we can pull it out considering various challenges that exist on the uh, estate level you know when you uh, get into the harvesting season so what kind of challenges you face maybe in terms of monsoon or in terms of uh, sunshine hours that you get every day or overcast conditions or mm-hmm. labor challenges or you know you are a coffee drying yard is full and you don't have space for a new thing to come in so these are all like micro level challenges you know which exist on the ground and will you be able to present on the you know field you know when you try to do it in a specialty coffee you know you just cannot get it done by somebody else first we should know what it is and then we should have the hands on knowledge and then ensure that we get people to do it and monitor them and you know deliver the right produce in the right format that's a lot of time consuming effort so and as growers are we ready to do it and do we have the time energy and money to do it mm-hmm. it also comes with a lot of money yeah, right yeah, yeah. so i'll give you an example uh, if i if i go for a regular harvest of my coffee fruit a mm. uh, labor on an average picks up say 90 to 100 kgs per day okay right and with that amount so they will earn about 600 to 700 rupees per day okay 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 whereas if i have to do a uh, you know specialty naturals mm-hmm. they will end up picking 25 to 30 kgs every day and they will be paid a wage of 300 or 350 rupees so looking at both the ways right one is from the labor perspective labor probably could have earned 600 but because of my preference they are earning only 300 that is one part right but for me the cost of harvesting right earlier for 100 100 kgs i am paying 600 rupees which is 6 rupees per kg mm-hmm. right so now for uh, 20 25 30 kgs in you know, i am paying almost 350 rupees which is like more than 10 rupees per kg of harvest for me right okay. so if you convert start converting it into economics that's a lot of cost for me of right course, yes, so me. this is a decision i have to make how many labors do i have and you know i cannot and i have a batch of 10 people i cannot say two people do this and eight people do the other one because mm-hmm. what two people people will be earning is different than what eight people will earn and they may not agree to it and next mm-hmm. day they don't they may not turn up to work with you Mm-hmm. so these are the challenges associated with it and then you know you look for a, a forecast of rains you say okay next week there is going to be rains for sure like we had it in january this year unexpected and heavy downpour for five days right which resulted in almost 20 to 30 percent of crop loss for us mm-hmm. and that situation do i still go for selective picking or try to consolidate all the produce that i have in the estate right Maybe. so these are all the challenges that determine how much of it can an individual farmer do it it's always fancy to put out okay i have this range of specialty coffees in my estate but how much of it can many of the growers do it is the question true out of 100 growers probably 3 or 4 or 5 might be able to do still you know like i said there is a large proportion of coffee growers who are still happy to just get their produce to the drying yards right yeah so that's the actual field scenario but if you ask about uh, mountain bean yes mm-hmm. at least you know we'll have the three variants of coffee that uh, you know which which i was talking about mm-hmm. we'll definitely have specialty washed and uh, honey sun dried as well as specialty naturals so that's going to be and which is uh, doable for us that's what you know we have learned 
and uh, in terms of other things as of now we are not trying too many experimentations so going forward if there is scope and flexibility to do other things probably get to it as well that sounds good actually i always believe so um, that uh, the quality should be there might not be much uh, you know options or variants to choose from but if the quality is uh, impeccable and very high it's surely going to work in the long run uh, the in sa- the same goes for food menus for me if i say so right uh, that if, yeah. if i go to a restaurant and the food menu is so extensive that it just gives me um, you know option dilemma or something like that uh, i just can't choose very wisely but uh, so i always prefer right. that a menu should be max to max four pages both side printed that's like yeah. Uh, yeah. four leaflets so yeah right. uh, makes sense a lot and good to hear that uh, you will be having uh, three um, you know uh, nat- uh, coffees in mountain bean portfolio so right that's actually really nice to hear yeah okay so thank you so much mr akasha for you know mm-hmm. talking to me it was amazing and a uh, lot of great insights and you know internal uh, uh hardships and you know how the process is everything uh, was you know uh, shared into light right. so it was amazing thank you so much for that yeah thank you shobit for uh, talking to the coffee growers and then to a whole lot of other people you know who are in the industry so it's essential that uh, we listen to everyone and their stories and bring out some understandings it's not just that you know i have my story to tell you know i have things to hear from you as well so it's a uh-huh. continuous learning process uh, just because of the reason that i have been growing coffee for i have been the fifth generation coffee grower doesn't mean that i know everything about coffee there is so many there are so many things out there you know which we don't know which we just start learning as we start exploring things mm-hmm. so and yeah i'm grateful to people like you who have the passion for coffee uh, which is a big encouragement for growers like us and uh, we really hope that community like yours and ours grow together stronger and uh, you know do the best for coffee and for mutual benefit as well thank you so much at that that's really nice of you and uh, I, i'll do my part however i can that's my aim pretty much and over the yeah. next few years i'm planning a lot more things so i hope i become a much better yeah. and you know bigger part of the industry in the future yeah sure, so, sure. thank you so much yeah even going forward going forward you know if there are any specific aspects of uh you know any specific topics that you want to uh, call upon and discuss you know it's the best thing to do uh the conversation shouldn't end here yes, and, yes, know, it should be the starting point of more conversations to yes, come yes, yes. and more knowledge to share and uh, grow together correct correct this is just a start thank you so yeah. much really appreciate it if you could give this podcast a follow and add it into your library this way you will stay updated and it will also help me reach out to a wider audience you can check out my instagram food attic and reach out to me for any kind of queries or collaborations for working together thank you once again and see you in the next episode